1: So that was the first time I created a body of work to give to somebody. So I deliver the photos and a couple days later she calls me and she's like, Darina, everybody who sees these photos cries. And that was when it was like, wow, I can do something that moves people and that has meaning and I'm still hooked on that. Like I want to move people.
0: Today's guest is Darina Naray, and we had such a fun chat about so many different things. Darina shares her experience with building a business in a new city and also about how she really had to face the beliefs she had around money that were holding her back and learning about money from Sue truly helped her be able to make big sales as a photographer. Darina is someone who has really benefited from being part of the Sue Bryce education community, and we're absolutely so happy to have her be part of the group. She's fun and straightforward, and I'm really glad you get to learn from her today. Okay, let's get started. Darina, welcome to the portrait system all the way from my old home state, the Pacific Northwest of Washington, Seattle. Well, you're not Seattle, you're
1: Vancouver, right? Yeah. Right outside of Portland, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. That's right. But I'm in Washington. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Can- okay. That's right, that's right. But you're closer to Portland than Seattle. I was like, wait a minute. Let me check my geography from where I just lived.
1: Yeah. Portland's like 15 minutes from my house, down, okay. like downtown Portland. and it's, Yeah.
0: Okay. And this is not to be confused out there with Vancouver, British Columbia. This is Vancouver, Washington in the US. Yes. And I'd never been up there. I've never traveled up that way. Well, I went to Portland, but I didn't stop in Vancouver.
1: Well, there's historically not, (laughs) there hasn't been a lot of reason to stop in Vancouver. It's, you know, it's a blue collar (laughs) town. There was a lot of industry, but now it's kind of flourishing and rejuvenating and Portlandizing. So
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, fun fact for people who are listening, I am actually going to be using your studio to do a big um, headshot thing that I'm doing. I got a really nice, awesome corporate gig and it required me to travel to a bunch of places, but uh, obviously we had to postpone, but. I will let you know when we're going to do that again. But I'm excited. I get to see your studio and everything you do in person.
1: Yeah, that's going to be super fun to have you in there and hang out with you a little bit. But uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, especially after hearing your story today. It'll be cool just to, yeah, to see it in person. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get started with your whole story. Jarena, it's like I know you, but I don't. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so take me back to how you got interested in photography and, and start from there.
1: Well, I was fortunate. I grew up in the Bay Area in Oakland, so... You know, it's a very diverse community, a lot of arts and museums, and my father's an immigrant, and all of our friends are multinational and artsy, and so they wanted to make sure that I ingested as much culture and worldly knowledge as possible. So we were always going to museums growing up. So, you know, I remember seeing, you know, Richard Avedon exhibits and Diane Arbus and Robert Frank and all these photographers and, you know, from a very young age and I was always just completely captivated and... We also had the, <laughs> I don't know if you, we're one of those families that had the shelf of the yellow-spined National Geographics going all the way across the room. And- oh, my
0: gosh. You know, we didn't, but I was obsessed with those magazines, and when yeah. I would ever find them in, like, bookstores or whatever, mm-hmm. my dad was more interested in, like, the stock market, and, like, you know, <laughs> you know, like, it wasn't, my. yeah, my dad was just like, you're going to college. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of artsy stuff yeah. happening in my house.
1: Yeah, we were opposite. It was like live, breathe, culture, see things, experience things. You know. Oh yeah, I did not. I did not. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like we went to Disney World once. um, Uh huh. But yeah, that's about it. I mean, I'm not complaining. Like. That's great that we went to Disney. It's just different, but yeah, yeah, totally, different. totally. And as soon as I had my own freedom, I was like, "What countries can I go to now?" Like, would, mm, you know, yeah. all as far as away as I could go to all like different cultures and learning. Yeah, so that's so cool that you had that.
1: Yeah, and then I was, you know, getting into God. I wasn't even a teenager, but especially during my teenage years, like I was really into music. I still am. And so Annie Leibovitz became mm-hmm. the goddess of all things, and Rolling Stone magazine, mm-hmm. and then when, you know when she moved over to Vanity Fair, and that whole Vanity Fair thing just took off because I guess she had bigger budgets and more creative freedom, and it was just like oh my god. And then so when I got my first job after high school, I bought my own camera, and I've been shooting ever since. So. I was a darkroom junkie and a film junkie. And um, were you
0: excited when Mark Seliger was one of the Portrait Masters Live speakers?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah,
0: it was so cool
1: looking at his work. Oh my! Those Vanity Fair, like after Oscar party things, (laughs) you know. Yeah, very cool. Like refreshing the Mm -hmm. next day after the Oscars every year to see what he's done this year, and yeah. That was yeah. really special. That very was really cool. Special. Very cool.
0: Okay, so mm-hmm. then did you always have a camera, or did you? Was this something that you did, thought you
1: wanted as a career? Well, I didn't know I could have it as a career. <laughs> it's like yeah. I felt like photographers are like rock stars, like Annie Leibovitz and Richard Avedon. They're some other type of person, like you know Paul McCartney, or like it's I'm not one of those kind of people that can be some kind of world-traveling rock star photographer,
0: you know? Yeah, yeah.
1: So I just did it as, you know, I've traveled all my life. I've moved all over the world. I was out of the country for 16 years, and I I have it all documented. (laughs) You know, it's all, I have it all. and Wow. So I have always taken photographs, and I've always loved taking photographs of people, too, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I never formulated in my brain that I could do it for a living.
0: Where were you? You said for 16 years.
1: Well, first I went I went to Ireland for a 2-week vacation and I stayed for 4 years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I love it. That
0: is well, amazing. I was
1: 24 and beholden to no one, so it was like I love this place and I love these people and the friends I made in Ireland are still some of my best friends that I have. And then I met a Frenchman, and we got married, and we went to Australia. We both kind of had this bug for Australia. So we were there for about two years, and then we went back to France. It's kind of a long story, but we took over this little hotel restaurant in the Alps where he's wow. from. Wow, that sounds so dreamy and romantic. <laughs> yeah, and I was, so I was there for 10 years running a little hotel restaurant. Up in the Alps, in a wow. village of 240 people. Wow.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. Okay, so did, were you a photographer then? <laughs> like, I oh, are like you still could...
1: taking photographs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I really have an interesting story about that, because one of the first winters, so this was a more summer Alpine destination, so winters are really slow, and one day, this elderly couple drive into the parking lot, and they come in, and they're like, do you have a room? And they're American, which is really rare in that part of France. It's like, oh my gosh. So we're talking, they're the only guests in the hotel at that, we had nine rooms, you know, the place was empty and dark and dreary, right? So we're talking and blah, 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 catching up on all this stuff, you know, not catching up, but talking and talk about photography and travel and, that we had just moved from Australia and I, you know, wow, I have all these photos from Australia. And there's slides. I they were I shot on slide film a lot of the time. And I put together this whole slideshow. And the guy says, So, you know, I'd love to see these photo, you know, these photos, and I show them and it's like, wow, these are so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And the next morning, the wife came down first, and she's like, Do you know who my husband is? <laughs> and I like my throat closes up like, oh, my gosh, no, I, um, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he says, my husband is David Douglas Duncan, so Google okay, I him. Don't, this is so
0: bad, but I have no idea who that is. The I didn't either,
1: but in hindsight, you know, then it was like when I really looked him up, I was like, oh, so if you Google him, you're going to have your mind blown. But he was a Life magazine Reporter, photojournalist since World War II, like he covered Japan during World War II, and oh wow, and he's got this archive that's just mind blowing of photojournalism, and he is the one who took all you know, you know those famous black and white photos of Picasso, and you know, in just his shorts, hanging out in his studio like that's I, I that's so ham. I
0: don't and I'm kind of embarrassed <laughs> that I don't but I will be googling when we're done for sure.
1: Yeah, so he gave me a signed copy of his book with all of his Picasso photos. That's and cool. So when he came down, he said, "Dorina, your photos are really good and, you know, if you edited those down to like 50 good ones, you'd have a book." And that was the first time I was like, oh, "What?" You're like, <laughs> you know? "Oh, okay." Ah. <laughs> wow. So that was the first time somebody put that into my brain and then so the marriage dissolved and I was like, well, I'm 40 years old now. Where where can I reinvent my life again? But it back to America. So I came back and I I was living in Austin, Texas and I was like, well, I better go back to school because I was a graphic designer up till the time I owned a hotel. So that's how I was able to travel. And I was a freelancer and I was a graphic designer. But I never had a degree and I never, you know, so I was like, let me go back to school. And plus I hadn't touched the software in like 10 years. So I'm in class. I make this really great friend who's sitting next to me in one of my classes. And I keep bringing photos in to work on because they have these amazing computers. And she keeps looking over at me and she's like, "Dorina, you know, you're a really good designer, but you're really a photographer because I was photographing musicians and you know the rockabilly scene in Austin and you know I'm like what who makes a living at photography anymore? I don't know you know like what? Yeah. And yeah. she says, well, I'm getting married in Tulum and I want to fly you down, Ooh, put you man. up. I know. And so she's like, so I I'm like okay you know, <laughs> go to Tulum, photograph her wedding. And it was like on the beach, the sun was setting and the moon was rising at the same time. And there's these shaman doing the ceremony and it was just unbelievably beautiful. Wow. And then, so that was the first time I created a body of work to give to somebody. Like it was the first time it was like, I'm commissioning you because she's like, you'll see. So I, I deliver the photos and a couple days later she calls me and she's like, Darina, everybody who sees these photos cries wow and that was i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it that was when it was like wow i can do something that moves people and that has meaning and is beautiful and makes people cry i was just that i was hooked and i'm still hooked on that like i yeah yeah i want to move people mhm
0: so is that when you started like the wheels were turning that you, you could have a business.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's when I was like, okay, I need a mentor. I need to learn how to do this. I want to be any Leibovitz, but for real people. This is the manifestation thing, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. I want to do what any Leibovitz does. I want to do it for real people. I don't want to be some, you know, competing with people in New York and LA for editorial stuff. Like, that's not what I want to do.
0: Yeah. You bring up a really good point there because I think sometimes people do kind of get into this sort of, Gosh, I hate to use the word like fantasy or like, I don't know. It, I think people think sometimes they want to like do the celebrity work and the and the fashion in New York mm-hmm, and LA mm-hmm. and this sort of thing. And, you know, I've had people on the podcast who have done that and it wasn't either fulfilling or the money wasn't there or, you know, like there's just something mm-hmm. like, of course, you can make a good living doing it. But like you said, there are millions and billions of bi- billions, right? <laughs> <laughs> of people of people yeah. out there who aren't celebrities and who, whatever, but but you mm-hmm. can make feel like a celebrity and feel special. Like you said, just to move people with your images, you don't have to be Annie Leibovitz,
1: you know? Right, right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was looking for education and I was looking around and there was either kind of, you know, there were, and I'm generalizing here, I'm really not trying to insult anybody, right? But the, the male educators generally were very technical, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more about technique, and it just didn't resonate with me. Yeah, And
0: yeah. then there were
1: a lot of female educators who were more on the kind of what you call mom-talker side, so it was mm-hmm. like very, you know, they're very bubbly and cute, and they want to photograph families and or weddings, and they're just very, I like, they just don't resonate with me either, because right. I'm not... I'm not a suburban kind of person. I'm not a yeah, <laughs> cookie cutter kind yeah. of person. I'm not, so and again, this is just taste. It's not anything personal. And then, so I pick up this magazine about professional photography and there's an article in there about the 10 Facebook groups you need to be in if you're a photographer. And so there's like blah, 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 blah. Supervis education, you know, and she's she's active in there in the group at, You know, I was like, well, that sounds cool. So I joined the group, and immediately I was like, she's the one. You know, and one of the first things I saw her talk about was Vanity Fair style photography. And I was just, it was like the Blues Brothers when, you know, they're like, I have seen the light. Yep, yeah. A lot of people feel like that, that's for sure. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, yeah.
0: What? Like, what? I'm trying to figure out, like, what exactly was it about, like, Sue and her style? Was it that you decided you wanted to create, you know, specific portraiture, or you just wanted to apply the business model to what you already do, or what, you know, what was it for you that sparked it? Your- it
1: was both, because she really was teaching that kind of Annie Leibovitz realm of, you know, lighting and styling and creating just beauty around women and just very experiential things for people that are just, you know, it's a day out, it's so amazing. And like creating this whole thing around people so that they feel like kind of celebrity-ish. And and then it was how to apply that in the real world as a business. Like hardly anybody else teaches the business, you know. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it was like step one, step two, step three, boom, you know. And it was like, and I, I was seeing the examples in the group of, people applying it and it works and because I too was like what that much money people pay that much money you know (laughs) uh, totally totally but then it's like if you just follow the recipe it just works and it was it's kind of miraculous and it was exactly what I had been dreaming about you know how do I apply a business model to this at that point
0: did you already have a portfolio built, or were you like, okay, I need still need to build my portfolio? Like, did you have a studio to shoot in? Were you outdoor? Like, where were you at that point?
1: Yeah, I didn't have a portfolio at all, but I was still shooting people around the Rockabilly scene and um, mm-hmm. just practicing on people. And I think I was studying more than I didn't have a studio or anything. I didn't have a studio until much later, and and we were in the process of. Moving from Austin to <laughs> here in Vancouver, Washington.
0: Oh, okay, yep, yep. And how long ago was that?
1: Four years. Okay, so it's years. only been four years. Yeah, and my business has only existed for two and a half.
0: Really? Wow. Okay, I never would have guessed that, just based on looking at your website and the strength <laughs> of your portfolio and just yeah. you know, how involved you are in, in the community and answering, answering questions for people and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I would never have guessed that in a million years.
1: Yeah, well, I did, okay, because I own another business. Okay. It's a long story. It had it has to do with the crash of 08, and my current mate, who I've been with for 15 years, he's an appraiser. So we wanted to have a woman-owned appraisal business, because after the crash of 08, we just kind of had to pool something together to live. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's off and running and that's like a huge part of our income. That's a six figure business. So yeah. oh, I'm running that still. Okay. And then we were moving. And then when I, when I got here is when I really started to apply myself. And I was portfolio building and I was shooting and I was charging, but I was kind of running it as a DBA through the other business. So
0: okay, gotcha.
1: I was working and making money a yeah.
0: little bit hey you know just real quick for people out there who don't know what a dba is it's a doing business as i actually had to do one of those myself darina because i when i when i first started my business it was called nixie mm-hmm. photography i thought i was like so cute like nixie <laughs> like n-i-k and then my first letter of my last name is c so like nixie mm-hmm. uh, anyway and i was like cute. yeah i don't to call that anymore but instead of going so if you're out there and you have a name that you want to change this is just a little tip that you can do a DBA. You don't have to go through the whole like starting a new LLC or starting your business over or whatever. You can, it's like one piece mm-hmm. of paper that you fill out and now you can DBA whatever. So I'm doing business as Nikki Klosser, mm-hmm. but legally on my tax forms, it's still Nixie. But oh, anyway, really? <laughs> yeah. But anyway, just a tip out there for people if anyone was wondering yeah. To, yeah. Okay. So you were running it through the appraisal
1: company. And right. Then what?
0: Uh, yeah. And then what happened from there?
1: So then I wanted to be. I wanted it to be its own entity, entity. I wanted it to be an LLC cuz it was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I want it to be its own thing and it's going to get big and it's going to be its own thing. So, it's an LLC now for two years, three years, maybe three. Time is weird this year. Oh my gosh. I know. Anyway, I know. <laughs> so we we lost a year. <laughs> right? And that's when It's a psychological thing, too, of like, oh, I'm not just running it as a, you know, not like it's a really a hobby, but like a side thing through my other business. So it's like, now that it's its own business, psychologically, it feels so real. And it's like, the potential just feels, you know, monstrous.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, that the way we we, we see our business can truly change our trajectory, If you know, Mm -hmm. like. Now that it's, like you said, it's your own business, it's your own entity. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now I have to do something with it. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so then you moved from Austin to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And then is that where you built your portfolio? Did you have pricing set? Like, What was your whole process for all of that?
1: Yeah, I did a lot of portfolio building. I found, through Super Arts Education, other photographers in the area who were doing the 12 week startup.
0: Oh nice
1: so because I really I do really well with accountability mm-hmm. and kind of being able to bounce things off other people because this can be a really lonely thing if you don't have yeah. other people so well there were four of us who got together every Wednesday afternoon at our favorite little tea place that has an outdoor picnic table on like every week we were meeting, you know, what are you doing this week? Okay, what did you do last week? Did you do it? Did you complete it? Great. This is what you're doing this week? Great. I'll call you tomorrow. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like for six months or something we were doing this.
0: This is so, so, so great to hear because often what we hear people saying is, no, there are too many other photographers in my area. Like they mm-hmm. see other people as complete competition where mm-hmm. it sounds like you guys were just working together. Like there are enough clients for all of us and just working together and encouraging and accountability. That's so awesome.
1: Totally. And, you know, cause everybody's different. Everybody attracts different people, mm-hmm. you know, different people are going to resonate with you and yeah, there is totally enough for everybody and having, you know, accountability partners. And then there were like 10 more of us involved in this group that we would get together and practice posing we could lend each other equipment, or we could bring a backdrop, or oh, I have a dress like this, and it was totally collaborative. And so, the practicing and the portfolio building was just really fun, and we all got something out of it. and And then we all kind of took off in our own directions. And one is specializing boudoir, and I am spe- doing what I am doing. And one has since realized, well, you know, this isn't really my path, and so she's not mm-hmm. doing it anymore. And you know, so it's like it's just really. Cool to find either find a community or create a community that's in person as well because it's invaluable.
0: Yeah, it really is. It really is. And like for the twelve week startup, that's why we do multiple rounds every year, or we try to do it at least twice a year, where people can join Mm -hmm. in and do Mm -hmm. it together. I mean, you can do the twelve week startup at any time; like it's there for you on the website, and you can go through at your own pace. But that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we like to do the lives each week as people are going through it together. And there's mm-hmm. something about having that community and, and just holding each other. I, I know we mm-hmm. keep saying the word accountable, but it's true. It, it's motivating mm-hmm. and it's encouraging and you can ask questions and, and it's cool that you had the best of both worlds. Like you could watch live online and you could check in with, with this like group that
1: you created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just reinforces all the learning. Yeah.
0: D- do you think that helped you like grow your business faster?
1: yeah because <laughs> as well as being collaborative and community oriented I am kinda competitive, so it's like i'm mm-hmm. gonna i'm mm-hmm. gonna do this, I'm mm-hmm. gonna show them you know, <laughs> like like not in a mean way or anything, but just as a motivational totally. for myself thing like I'm going to, you know, get ahead. <laughs> yeah, terrible, no, but. absolutely.
0: Oh, being competitive like that can really get you places. It can get you, you know, can spark yeah. that fire for sure. Just like with Portrait Masters Awards and accreditation, I think people get like that, mm-hmm. you know. And it pushes people to create things that they normally wouldn't mm-hmm. have ever thought of or mm-hmm. done
1: or, yeah, yeah, no,
0: that's good. That's good.
1: So, you know, I mean, that's the practical photography end, and some of that was business too, obviously, but there's there's just something about the – wide-scoping knowledge that Sue has disseminated with her and her, you, you guys, the mentors, too, that just the no-nonsense direct, that's one thing that resonates so well with me, for with Sue, is her directness and her just no-bullshit. It's just, mm-hmm. this is a mirror. You yeah. have to get over your shit. Totally. You have to do this. Totally. Stop being a ninny, whatever, you know, yes. like just... I love, a <laughs> I love that. I love that. I don't think she's ever said that. But <laughs> no, it's funny though. You're you know? right.
0: And sometimes those things are hard to hear. And I know she said mm-hmm. some things to me before, and I'm like, no, like I'm the toddler. That's like, no, <laughs> that's not right. That's not what I'm doing. And then I would like sit with it. She she always talks about how I'm I'm a Taurus and I'm a bull and I'm stubborn and mm-hmm. which is true. But then I'd sit with it for 24 hours. And I'm like, God, yes, all right, fine. You're right. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? But she, it's like, yeah. like you said, when someone puts it in your face that these are the things that you need to do in order to be mm-hmm. successful. People aren't going to mm-hmm. do it for you. It's not going to be handed to you on a silver platter. Like, you mm-hmm. are the one who's doing it. You are the one making yeah. these things happen or not making them ha- them happen. Mm-hmm. But in a way that's also loving and caring, like, it can really, really propel you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's like the – I remember back in school when we would have critique days and it's like – people would freak out and be practically throwing up with nervousness about Critique Day. And it's like, that was the thing I loved the most because yes. they're going to rip my shit apart and tell <laughs> me what's wrong so yep. I can be better. Yeah. Like, this is how you get better is because people are going to rip you apart, not horribly, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, pick absolutely. things to the minutia and say, this is what you need to tweak. And it's yeah. like, ah, oh, great, I get it. And you get better, you know? <laughs> hey, so
0: you said, you know, Earlier, you were saying with with your group, you're like, I do what I do. Tell, Take us to where your business is. Where is it now? What do you shoot? How are you pricing it? I
1: shoot beauty and boudoir. What do you mean by beauty? Tell people about what beauty is to you. Beauty is just, for me, it's getting to the the essence of the person i you know no matter what the styling is whether it's very minimalistic or very styled it's really about bringing out who that person is so there's a lot of consultation beforehand about you know what resonates with them who are they what side of themselves do they want to put forth who are they showing up as who do they want to inspire so that it becomes a very personal thing for them to to show who they are, because I think everybody's beautiful.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So is it something that you're doing in studio, where it's based more on the expression, or like, is it just mm-hmm. based on how the person wants to look, or?
1: It's all of that. It's We always do like a collaborative little Pinterest board to have kind of, you know, once people start pinning stuff in a Pinterest board that resonates with them, a pattern kind of emerges. Like, they like black and white, which is... I can't say all of my stuff is black and white, but a lot of it's a black and A lot of your
0: white. boudoir is when I was I was looking yeah. at it's very beautiful, yeah.
1: Thank you. And so a pattern emerges, you know, whether they want to be more you know, more street, more cool, more themselves or if they want the dresses and the the lace and the mm-hmm. you know, so a pattern emerges when they do this kind of vision board on Pinterest, and then it gives me an idea who they are. I mean, some people want the pinup thing, so it's like half their stuff is pinup looking. So, like, hey, let's do that, because mm-hmm. my makeup artists are always really, really good at doing any kind of look. So that's always fun when people want to kind of reach outside themselves as well. So I really treat even my clients as collaborative, creative partners in creating something that they love and they will fall in love with and you know want everything and most of my clients are over 40 because I'm doing that, the 40 over 40 project oh, cool. and Very cool. so I'm drawing a lot of that age group plus you know I'm in my 50s now so it's like I would love to photograph any age group but I am attracting that over 40 crowd which yeah. I love because they're in, women are inspiring once they get to a certain age you know and so it's really Heck cool.
0: yeah. I feel like that. I feel like I, you know, mm-hmm. the older I get, the better I, my self-esteem is and the better I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, okay, so this Pinterest board thing, I like this idea a lot. I, I think, like, the wedding and inf- photographer in me cringes a little bit when I hear about that because I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> oh, God, they're going to want these, like, golden hour, you know, running through a field type photos when they're getting married in a hall <laughs> in Michigan in November. You know what I mean? So I'm like <laughs> – with no first look. So I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, you know. But yeah. it, it seems like if you guide them and just say, like, what are you drawn to as opposed to this is what you need to make me look like. Yeah. You know, I think that that could be a really powerful tool, like you said, to see what people yeah. really want. I like that.
1: Yeah. And it, it's worked so far really well because most of what they're showing me are studio photographs because <laughs> mm-hmm. they know that's what I'm doing. So, yeah, it works really well.
0: Yeah. Okay. And you also do personal branding too, like headshots type thing. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. have great personal branding work. I was scrolling through your on your website on your personal branding gallery, and you you have a really good variety and just a really I really like I really like your personal branding work a lot. Oh, so, nice. So Thank you, you, you do the beauty, the boudoir personal branding mm-hmm.
1: mostly. Okay. That's it. And then
0: how do you price all of this?
1: So I'm still on 100% Sue Bryce sales intensive. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. No oldie but goodie. That's for sure. It just works. I I'm thinking of reconfiguring a little bit maybe soon. But you know, six images is twelve hundred. Ten is eighteen, and twenty is twenty five hundred. My sales average is in that twenty one hundred mark. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Wow, cuz nobody can go down to 6. Nobody it's like it's so rare that people whittle down to 6. It so is, 10 it, is the sweet yeah. spot and sometimes yeah. they take them all. So
0: So does anything else come with that? Do they get the digitals? Do they get prints? What comes with that?
1: They get prints. I do the 11 by 14 folio box with matted prints and I get the digitals that correspond. And I do albums cuz some of the boudoir yeah, You know, yeah. it's like, oh, let's just do an album, and I'll do a digital reveal for that just in case. Mm-hmm. They still have the choice of doing either way. Right. But once they see the photos and it's like, wow, there's 30 of them that I really want. It's like, well, you can have an album and, you know. <laughs> yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, it seems like for a boudoir, a lot of people like the album type thing, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. And then do you have a session fee along with that?
1: Yep, 250 session fee includes all the, the consultation time, the shooting time, and the makeup and hair styling yeah, very cool.
0: Now, I for personal branding for me, I, I do a digital only type thing and the, and the pricing is a little bit less. Is that something that you do for your personal branding or do you still keep it at the
1: 1200 No, I do, yeah, this is one thing I have to think about too. Is I do, because <laughs> since it's digital only and it's very quick for me and sometimes I, well, most of the time I do tether it and have an instant, you know, so it's like they're in there for an hour. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 250 for the shoot and then they choose 3 or 5 photos right then and there or more. So it's like 3 images is 550, 5 images is 750. Okay. And yeah. they they get them right away. I mean, they're easier to touch up in a way too, so they get them that night and then I'm done.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. I would encourage you to to raise that price just a little bit, especially if you're selling yeah. that consistently, cuz I mean the way I think about it is like you know like you know Michael Kors he doesn't care how long it takes him to create a bag or for whoever he's paying to sew the bag like he's not like oh it only took them an hour so I'm going to charge less like you know I I guess just I just want to encourage you to you know just think about that like this is still your craft and it's still I I, I don't know maybe Mm -hmm. just consider raising that just a little bit
1: I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely thinking about that. And there's a lot of things I'm working on right now, like restructuring my whole accounting <laughs> ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so, what's going on with your accounting? Tell me more about that. Well, I was so inspired by Susan Stripling at the TPM Live. Oh yes, uh, Portrait Masters Live. She did a money talk. Yes. Oh my goodness! I mean, I've been doing a lot of money work because you know throughout the education I've been having with Sue it's like what is my relationship with money oh same girlfriend I am,
0: life changing yeah, for me like what mm-hmm.
1: is it because mm-hmm. I'm and then I'm like wow I am like oh if I have enough to last the month that's great <laughs> you know god i you're <laughs> totally
0: i can you're speaking my language that's exact, i live to paycheck to paycheck
1: yeah like yeah if and I that's my example. Yeah. My mom was single, mm-hmm. and my father didn't do anything to help at all. So she, it was like, "Hey, mom, can we have go out for ice cream?" And she's like, "Well, let's go next week because I get paid." You know, I mean, that was how we <laughs> yeah. grew up. That's my, you. Oh, if, so if I have enough to last the month, I'm like psyched. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. My mom was the same total overspender because my parents were divorced, and my parents were mm-hmm. really like crazy. Mm-hmm. Money. And then my
1: father. Yeah, my father was a mystery because he always traveled and he always had money and he never worked. So I'm. You're like, hmm, something uh, is
0: not adding up here.
1: Yeah. So I was struggling in the beginning with like actually making money and charging these prices. Like, I rooted out in my subconscious mind, I guess. It's like, maybe I feel like my dad, who I feel is a shyster. Because he did nothing and made all this money. Because you know, photography. So I don't want to say it's like easy for me, but it's like easy for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel uh, yeah. like, yeah, is this really real? Like, you know, my first sale was sixteen hundred dollars, and I'm going, this is amazing. But am I, <laughs> you know, my yeah. father shit came in, and so yeah, it's like
0: totally. I mean, it sounds like you had that like guilt and shame around money and about receiving money mm-hmm, difficult mm-hmm. and I can relate so 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 much to that
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I mean, have you been able, do you think to work through it?
1: Yes, because this is where I really started to think about what I never consciously thought about money before, so mm-hmm. consciously thinking about money and what my relationship is to it and what it is, you know, the whole everything about it and the whole money wheel and the way Sue talks about it and the all, you know, and then it just has trans yes, it has absolutely transformed the way I feel about it and that's like, yeah, I I have a lot of skill and I've worked very hard cuz it seems like you have to like Give your blood, sweat, and tears to make money to make it really like you earned it, you know. And when it, when photography feels so beautiful and fun and easy, not that it's just always easy because it's it is work, but mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like you enjoy doing it. So reconciling that with actually getting a paycheck.
0: Yeah, I remember Sue telling a story about someone said to her, or she she was excited because this was years and years ago, probably twenty years ago, when she first started her you know her own. Mm -hmm. She stopped working for someone else and she sold her first like $3,000 package or something. And someone said to her, how do you sleep at night? And she had to like check herself like, whoa, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, am I a terrible person because I'm charging money? But it's like we're not holding anyone down and stealing their money. They know our prices up front before they book a shoot with us. We're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes. They're choosing to book us. They're choosing to pay us for their service. Mm -hmm. Why is this a bad thing? And, and uh-huh. that's like you said, the uh-huh. money wheel. So, if, if you don't know what we're talking about, there's Sue and her friend Tiffany Angelis did this money, did a couple a series about money basically on super rich education. And they address issues that people have with money. So, avoiding money issues, having guilt and shame, having trouble receiving money, being an overgiver, not having boundaries, being an overspender, having uh-huh. resentment around money, and being tight fisted. And all of these things can t- contribute. Except for tight fisted, but contribute to you leaking money out and not being able to save it and just having so much emotion attached to it. And so much of it comes from how we were raised and what we saw. Like you saw the relationship that your mom had with money and the relationship your dad mm-hmm. had with money. And you're like taking all of that in and it translates into what you do in your own business. And mm-hmm. it's also fascinating. And until you work through it, it's really hard to make big changes.
1: Yeah. And I think there was something, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but in the group, because the group is such a great resource for that community and for asking questions. And Kat Ford Coates said something to me once that completely shattered my mind and broke open a whole new part of myself that was like, oh, I can go forth and make money, you know? (laughs) And when I met... (laughs) I met her at the in Arizona at the Portrait Masters in 2018 when I went, and when I saw her and I wanted to say hi. It was I. It was such a cathartic. It was like I broke down in tears in front of her face. Like <laughs> it was so ridiculous, but it was like because what she said was so powerful and cathartic. It changed my life. Yeah. So when you get to those things, when when. Somebody says something that puts that thing in you around money issues or whatever the issue you have but yeah. money is a big one.
0: Do you remember what cat said? Oh, I don't remember. But it was something powerful obviously.
1: I mean basically it was just do it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just basically decide that this is what you're doing. Uh, basically that was it. But there was, you know, she wrote like th- she wrote like three or four paragraphs just for me to answer my question. And I was just like floored and it was really powerful and it really clicked in all the other you know because like y- you can learn you know you're listening to sue you listening to other people you're reading you're watching videos you're learning and then but somebody just like makes it go catch on in mm-hmm, your brain and mm-hmm. it's just like oh
0: yes yes absolutely you can <laughs> hear something a hundred times but until you're ready to hear it like it, right. it just doesn't click you're exactly and and when you're ready and you hear it it's like well hot damn that's exactly what i needed right now (laughs)
1: totally exactly exactly yeah yeah
0: wow okay so so it sounds like you work through money issues and you know i don't know if it's like this for you but i know for me it's it still rears its ugly head sometimes where i don't feel Mm -hmm. like i deserve to have the sort of success that i do Mm -hmm. you know just from stuff in my childhood and whatever and and it and it it comes back and it painful for a minute, and then I'm like, wait a minute. I know this. I know what's happening. I know what I'm doing to myself. And then mm-hmm. I've got the tools and the the kind of wherewithal and just the knowledge to just move past it and accept it and mm-hmm. feel it and move through it and start over again, whereas I just didn't even know what I was facing before. I didn't even recognize it because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. But gosh, man, when you have that education around it, it really... It makes you be able yeah. to work through it quicker. I guess my question then, not trying to make it all about me, <laughs> is do you still experience any sort of like setbacks around it or do you feel like you're just totally moved past?
1: Well, I feel like everything's a process. Like you're always in yeah, yeah, a process of doing better, being better, knowing more. And that's never-ending for me. I'm one of those like learning is – every day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no matter where you're at. I mean, I'm sure Sue is even, like, learning stuff, you know.
0: Oh, totally. Should,
1: yeah. yeah, so you're never, like, there. Exactly, <laughs> you know?
0: exactly. You
1: just overcome and move on, overcome, move on, overcome, move on. And, if, if you know, hopefully it's a forward momentum. And my, you know, my mindset is... I am always gonna be moving forward. Mm-hmm. So if it's a setback, it's just a learning ding that you just go, okay, look at that. Okay, move on.
0: Yeah. Totally. It's funny you say that because it, it is. It's I don't care who you are, if you're not learning then uh, mm-hmm.
1: something's wrong with you.
0: <laughs> like, you've got, <laughs> totally. if you think you have reached the point where you shouldn't be learning anymore, oh, yeah. gotta take some some deep looks within. Yeah, I've
1: always said if I was like independently wealthy, I would always be in college or something. I would always something. be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I you wouldn't know? be in college. You couldn't pay me to go to college,
0: but back to college, I should say. But yeah, so every so often, Sue will send a text or call and be like, oh, okay, so this, you know, this is my lesson that I just learned. And this is, and, and I have to turn it into a video. Because I have to teach oh, cool. it, you know, she's always got something new or whatever that she's learning about. Yeah, anyways, it's it's it incredible.
1: Is. It's incredible. Yeah,
0: it's such a wild ride, this thing we have called life. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, okay, so talk to me about a little bit about how you market your business.
1: Well, that's changed because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Before, when I first got to Vancouver, I'm like, okay, I don't know anybody, so I'm going to start networking. So I went, I joined some networking groups around town and just because of knowing through all the education yeah. <laughs> on SBE that it's not about me. Just go and meet people, talk to them, listen to them, ask them questions.
0: Okay, so Drina is speaking to the people out there who are like, but I just moved to a new place, so I don't know how to, you know, I can't, it's too hard, or I don't know anyone or whatever. We hear that a lot. Like, how am mm-hmm. I going to start a business if I don't know anyone? You did it, and you have a $2,000 mm-hmm. average in two and a half years. So mm-hmm. it's very doable. Okay, so you, you said sure enough. <laughs>
1: yeah. So sure enough, people started to just know who I am. They started getting headshots with me. Then some people started doing the more beauty glamour shoots with me and bringing their families. And then so I started to become known around town. It was like I could walk into a room and 10 people be like, hey, Dorina, you know, so it was – like, wow, this really works to just get out there and just talk to people. Don't make it about yourself. Just be around and be interested in other people and get to know people. So that's really how I built everything. Since COVID, I don't do that in person anymore. I, I understand that there are some people who work online well with groups like Zoom meetings and stuff. But I just, because, the oh, I always have a magazine on me. That's another thing. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I'm out and about networking, you know, you say, oh, I'm a photographer. People go, oh, I've met 10,000 other photographers. But if I whip out my magazine and they can leaf through it and look at it, they're like, oh.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that is so key. That is so important why you should have yeah. something available that has your best work. Even if it's something on your phone or even if you are doing these online mm-hmm. meetings, you can uh-huh. y- you know most of the time they give you an option where you can share your screen and show your work so yeah very
1: cool. Oh well I'll have to I'll have to look into that cuz I haven't done networking on Zoom. Oh yeah they find a way to make it
0: work for everyone cuz otherwise no one would show up no one would go. You know everyone wants it to mm-hmm. be beneficial. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah most groups are definitely finding a way to make that work. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.
1: So now I've I've done a few Facebook ads that are working especially around the 40 over 40 campaign and I'm starting to really get referrals now and repeat clients of people there's several people who they're coming back for their third time or you know they're referring people so that's really exciting because you always dream about like you can't imagine it in the very beginning that you know the snowball kind of thing so it's like now I'm starting to really feel that like wow referrals are coming in Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's so great Mm -hmm. you know
0: (laughs) totally so for your 40 over 40 you're photographing 40 women over 40 Mm -hmm. yeah okay so it's literally that Mm -hmm. (laughs) i just wanted if people were wondering what that is
1: yeah it's photographing 40 women over 40 with the end result being large format prints that will be on exhibition with a little story like a little printed you know like at a gallery like Mm -hmm. a little story thing about who they are, you know, why they did this, maybe what it means for them to be over 40, how they want to aspire younger people, yeah, just, or just, awesome. you know, I survived cancer, or I, you know, I have my life back because of X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and so people can come through and, like, just look at these beautiful women and their stories. and
0: Makes it relatable, it seems. And I know people, we talk about this, this video quite a bit on, on here because people bring it up a lot at different campaigns, but the Faces video, it's called, it's called Face mm-hmm. on, on Superice Education. Sue talks all about campaigns and how to do one and that sort of thing. And so mm-hmm. I think it's, it is. It's, it's just a great marketing tool because it speaks to a certain, like whoever you mm-hmm. want to photograph. Like you said, you relate to women. You want to attract women who are over 40. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so what a great way to
1: attract people over 40.
0: Yeah, it
1: gets bums
0: on seats. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For (laughs) sure. I mean, if you could convert it to like if you really want to photograph like tweens, you know, Mm -hmm. you could be like 30 tweens of 2020 or 2021 or whatever. You know, I don't know. You could come. Anything. Totally totally just trying to make it up. But yeah, whoever you want to photograph would be the type of campaign that you would want to run so that you're attracting Mm -hmm. those people. And yeah, I think that's yeah, that's awesome.
1: Very cool. -hmm. That's the thing is, like, all the lessons and all the education is like a template that you can just then take the template and personalize it or, you know, tweak it to be exactly how you want it to be. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited for you. I I mean, it just seems like you're just on a really good growth path right now. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, what are your goals for this year?
1: I... Would love to relinquish more of the appraisal business. Mm-hmm. And I am mm-hmm. working towards doing 2 – I've i I've only been doing one shoot a week, and I want to double that. Yeah. I want to do two shoots a day, one day a week.
0: Two shoots and a day. One, okay, so you want one shooting day.
1: One shooting day mm-hmm. with two shoots. Yeah. So Because I've been doing four a month, and now I want to do eight a month. That's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even yeah. one a month at a $2,000 average. I mean, that's – yeah, that's awesome. Or with your headshots, I guess your headshots are in there too, but
1: yeah, yeah I, I count the, i don't, <laughs> they're not counted in that like four okay. I okay. do four like full like either boudoir beauty shoots, and then like there's always a sprinkling of because I don't really market headshots, so okay. it's like gotcha. oh if i if I grab a headshot client, awesome, that's extra, <laughs>
0: yeah, okay, cool, yeah, that's awesome, yeah. Very cool. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of your your info with us. I do have a couple more questions that I always ask at the end of each episode, mm-hmm. which I know that you know because
1: you said you listened,
0: <laughs> which I really appreciate you listening. So thank you very much for that. Okay. Number one, what is something you can't live without when you're doing a photo shoot?
1: My V-flats. Mm-hmm. I have two sets of black, two sets of white, and you don't even need walls, <laughs> you know, Yeah, because yeah. you can create, you know, if you have it on the floor flipped up, you can do the backlight, you can have them as backdrops, you can have them as negative fill, you can have them white or black as backdrops. I mean, they're just so versatile. I can't mm-hmm. imagine working without them.
0: That's one of the reasons I I asked you about using your studio because the thing that I got, the job that I got is going to a couple different cities around the country. And I was like, I need to rent studios from people who are SBE members because I know they're going to have v flats. Oh I know they're going to have reflectors. <laughs> like I know they're going to have the things I need. They're going to have a posing box. They're going to have like all the things that I need. So, yeah. I knew that about you that you use v flats. I was like, "Sweet." Yeah. But yeah, they are. They're so great.
1: There's stools and posing boxes and v flats and backdrops and a scrim over the window. So, you're good. <laughs> yeah
0: Fantastic. Okay, number 2. How do you spend your time when you aren't working?
1: My friend calls me a culture vulture. I just consume (laughs) pop culture. It's like either I'm watching movies, listening to music, reading books. I also, now I have my own podcast with my sister. Oh, great. What's it called? It's called Sisters Talking Shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. I love it. Because we always get on the phone and we're like, blah, blah, blah. And we're saving the world and we're, you know, (laughs) talking about just anything. So we created a podcast where we you know, we're talking about anything really, but the the goal of the each episode is like how did this make you a better person? How what did you mm-hmm, learn from this? Mm-hmm. You know? So especially when COVID hit, you know, we started to talk about the pandemic and then we were talking about Black Lives Matter and, you know, social justice. Because she's she works in the realm of human rights and systems and so she's really not eligible and all those kind of humanity things. And then we talk about our favorite TV shows and how does that make us better? Or, you know, so it's sometimes mm-hmm. it's funny, sometimes it's serious, but it's, it's always us. Very cool. I love
0: it. Sisters at work talking shit. Very yep. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning, not mean physically at work, but like at work, like. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, totally. Sometimes I'm so cheesy. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Cheesy's good. <laughs> All right. Number three, what's your favorite inspirational
1: quote? Well, it's really the simple version of it is always do your best. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The theory behind it is do your best in every moment with everything you do and leave the results in, you know, to the universe or to God or whatever. But just mm-hmm. do your best and leave it because it can only propel you forward. So that, and the thing is, is like if you go to bed at night and you reflect on your day and you know that with all the things you did that day, you really did your best, and you, you can say that, you know, I didn't take any shortcuts, I wasn't lazy, I didn't cheat anybody, <laughs> you know, that you mm-hmm. really did your best in every single thing that you do and just give it over to the universe for the results, then it, it's only good can come from it.
0: Yeah. It's simple and powerful. I love it. Yep.
1: It's really simple, but it's I've lived with that. My my mother taught me that and I have that in my mind every day.
0: Cool. All right, number four. What would you say to people who are just getting started?
1: Um <laughs> just do the work. Join Super Ice Education. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But just practice, practice, practice and practice. All the things, you know, practice the craft, practice thinking about money and working on money and love people. Loving people, I think, is the—I just love people. For me, everything is, you know, when you go to your why, like, it's it's about loving people for me. And I think if you love your craft or love your business, just infuse that in your stuff.
0: yeah. Absolutely. You do seem like such a people person. Like When I met you at Portrait Masters, when you know, when we had the conference in person, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, you have the best energy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like you're just so fun and warm and yeah, I really yeah, enjoyed meeting I you. I love for people. Sure. Was that, that was 2018 and 19, right? Just 18. Was it just 18? Yeah, just 18. It was just 18. Okay. Cool. Well, where can people find you online?
1: My website is darinaphoto.com. So D A R I N A photo.com.
0: And your last name is pronounced Nere, correct?
1: Nere, yeah. Nere, yeah,
0: Where did Nere. I get Nere from? Nere. 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 <laughs> it's okay. Nere. Nere. okay. It's
1: my French name. <laughs> I couldn't. Oh, I love it. Nere. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't give it up. So. Nere. And Instagram and Facebook are Darina Nere portrait.
0: Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you again for taking time to be with us on here. Thank you so much. It was so nice to talk with you. Yeah, you as well. Well, I will see you in the group soon, I'm sure, and hopefully in person this year if we can. Oh, I hope so. Oh, I will. Well, I will because I'm going to come to your studio. I just don't know when yet. I'll let you know.
1: Yeah, hopefully this stuff will calm down. It's just, yeah, hopefully this year.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll chat soon. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye.